Happy May, everybody. Welcome back to the Sparkle and Rhinestones pageant podcast. I'm your host, Hannah Golding. I am the founder of Sparkles and Rhinestones. And uh, yes, bringing you all the knowledge that I have in the 11 years I have been competing from nationals, international level, and all my coaching tips. So today, we're going to be talking about creating your pageant master plan. So we'll talk about your platform plans, your charity plans, what you want to do with your title, your Queen's project, your legacy project. We are going to discuss it all today because when you enter a pageant, when you first enter a pageant, if it's your first ever pageant, you're going to feel some excitement, you're going to feel some nerves, you're going to feel a little bit out of depth because it's a new world, it's very strange, you're dipping your heel toe into this weird rhinestone world. Um, <laughs> some things don't make much sense, other things make total sense. Um, it's what you take from the journey, it's what you take from it all. Um, so yes, let's go into creating a master plan. So when I say a master plan, I'm not just talking about um, this pageant journey, I'm talking about your whole pageant journey. A lot of people say that for example, if you win a title, you shouldn't be planning your next move just yet. And yes, that's completely understandable. You've just bought a crown or you've just got your sash for for a pageant final. However, if you're starting out, let's say when I started my pageant journey, I was 20. So I missed the cutoff for teen pageants straight away. I was the first second year's of the Miss, although I competed in Miss England the first time, and that was 16 upwards, I think it was 17 when I started, but then they changed it to 16, um, 16 to 24, and now the ages have increased, so because of course Miss World, their age ranges are changed, so I think 27 is now the cutoff. So when you start in this pageant industry, if you're choosing a pageant, look at the divisions look at the age and see see which pageants you want to compete in and of course there'll be pageants that pop up every so often when I started I only knew of um of course you have Miss Universe um Galaxy you had Miss England those are sort of ones that I kind of knew of and then Miss Earth and then more pageants came available and there was just so much choice and And now there is so much pageant choice, whether you want to just go direct and go straight to internationals, um, whether you want to compete in a national first, whether you just want to compete in a national, whether you want to go into regional heats first. There is so much choice. And of course, looking at the rules, if you are a mother, if you're married, if you're divorced, widowed, um, if you have tattoos, if you're, um, your shape and your size, your height, because there are pageants that will have a height limit or a size limit. Um, so you want to look at these pageants and write down what pageants you want to compete in. Create a timeline if you were. Think of how long you're going to be in pageants. Of course, sometimes when you do your first pageant, you don't really know. You're just testing the waters. You're just seeing... Is this an experience that you want to enjoy? You compete your first one, then you get your pageant book. It happens. We've all been there. 
we all go there or we retire, semi-retire, and then we watch a pageant final. We're like, oh, remember when I used to get up on stage and they're like, right, what pageants are available to me? So write down which ones you want, how many years you have left before you have to enter that one before the cutoff, um, or if you plan to compete in that pageant in a different division. So for me, when I competed in Galaxy Wales in 2017, 2016, 2017, um, I vowed then to enter again as a Miss, and that was 30. And of course, conveniently, the age changed <laughs> to 27. I entered and of course, then I fell pregnant and I entered a different pageant um, of Yemi and the rest is history, as they shall say. Um, but I knew that I was going to give myself enough time, the same as I entered Galaxy in 2010 to 11 to compete in the 2011 finals. And I knew that I would return to Galaxy when I felt I was my most prepared and with the most pageant experience that I could have. So you might find that you do that with some pageants, you try them out, see if you're ready for them. And the thing is, even with coaching and preparation, you still might not feel 100% ready for a system. And that is okay. I hate when people talk about the hierarchy of pageantry and that if you only entered in this pageant, um, you know why are you putting yourself in this pageant when you can enter this higher pageant or this one or that one so you know you have to think of it more as for you what pageants do you feel comfortable with um the stage layout of still seeing there's still an audience it just depends on whether you can commit to competing internationally whether you have the funds as well because yes you may be able to win that pageant hands down however <laughs> you might not be able to afford it. Even with sponsors, you might not be able to afford the flights, the hotel. Like, I mean, if there's a, if they're included, that's great. But then you have to think about all the outfits for internationals, um, food during your stay, hair and makeup. Of course, there are some finals, the bigger finals, that will include this in the stage day. They will have hair and makeups there. You see Miss Universe, you see they're all behind backstage getting their makeup and hair done. Um... Because some pageants um, don't allow outside makeup artists to come in. Um, the American ones especially. There's been some scandals where they've had their title taken away from them because they use an outside makeup artist. It's absolutely crazy when you look at some of those rules. But um, <laughs> that's just from me reading lots of different pageant books. Um, but I digress. So you can write a list of all the pageants you want to compete in, when would be available. And also, if you're planning things like your career, if you're planning a family, work it around that as well. So, you know, if you're in if you're in uni, for example, and there are some pageants you want to compete in, by the third year of uni, this is going to be tough, very, very tough. That's when your dissertations are, are coming in. Um, there's so much work there. So maybe if you were doing a pageant, you want to step back and just do, I'm not saying just do a national pageant, but one that you can handle with the appearances, that there's no legwork afterwards, as in, you know, competing for internationals. Or you want to do, uh, I'm not saying in brackets, a smaller pageant, but a pageant that's non-contracted, a pageant that doesn't have 
the emphasis on how many appearances you have to do with your crowning year. So that way you are still comfortable in the fact that you are a title holder. You still represent that, but you can do more, you know, online stuff. Um, schedule that in around your uh, deadlines. Get those done out of the way. And then summertime, it's all hands on deck for a pageantry summer. The same as if you are planning on having children or getting married, then if you're getting married, you're then looking at Mrs. Pageants. Um, or if you're having children and not married, you might be looking at Ms. Pageants. Depends, because some pageants were just based on age, whereas there are other pageants that like go to internationals. Um, so for example, uh, Young European International, um, if you have a child, you're automatically in the Ms. category, um, regardless of age. Um, that's an American thing, the same as, I think, Diamond is exactly the same. Uh, for Galaxy, it's not. It's based on your age um, and marital, marital status. So, for example, you could be 24, um, but if you're married, you will go in the Mrs. category. Um, but if you're 24 and not married and have a child, so, like, for both these situations, you still stay in the Miss. Um... Yes, <laughs> it'll still be a miss. Um, so look at that and see. Okay, so and of course we all know sometimes with children they are a pleasant surprise. Sometimes they are not planned, um, but they work their way into our lives anyway. Um, then look at pageants that you can do. And I will not say to anyone to not compete when pregnant because I literally won a pageant when I was five months. Not want a pageant. I want a European pageant with my place at internationals um at five months so it can be done I did appearances afterwards I did appearances up to a week before giving birth and then 10 days after um Penelope was born and that was maybe four four or five days out of hospital um it was straight to appearances <laughs> Because that's me, I love doing that and that's what I love about the title is I love being able to do appearances in my community and attend local events. Um, and of course, the first event I attended was the Diamond Finals where I was supporting um, a lot of my girls who were on stage. So I was happy enough. It was a strange, a strange situation for me because of course I was breastfeeding and I was going in and out the toilets all the time and... You know, I think I was more worried about anything, but you get more comfortable as it goes. And <laughs> oh, a year and a half of breastfeeding, you know, you're just, you're just there, you just do it. Um, But when it comes to pageantry, the pageant world are very accepting of a lot of things. So if you are pregnant and you are considering competing, think about what you can do with the title and if you're going to have the time because I will say this because babies are great. The first year of Penelope's life, she came to so many different events. And of course, that means everyone loved her. She got all the attention she wanted. Um, but of course, she couldn't move anywhere. Um, you know, by six months, <laughs> I say that by three months that she was rolling around, six months crawling, nine months she was walking. Um, but you know, in that you look at what events you can take her to, um, what events if you have a babysitter or if they're with the other parent, figure out what you can give to that title. Because um, if you are pregnant, it can, the stage can be exhausting. 
it really can, but, you know, speak to the directors as well, get those break times in, hydrate, the same with anyone if you're not pregnant, you should still be hydrating and eating all the food, um, <laughs> so we don't pass out, no passing out on stage girls, um, but yeah, you can still plan pageants around being pregnant, sometimes you might find that, you know what, pageants aren't for you, and that's when it's your time to give up, but others you might go, oh my god, yes, I'm gonna do this, and then, you know, in a few years, you enter, you look at pageants where you and your child can compete together if they are a girl, and sometimes there are pageants for boys as well, um, but yes, thinking about a big master plan, so once you have the pageants, then figure out what you want to do with those titles, so I always say to my clients that if you have a year to plan, or like how many months do you have to plan towards your pageant, let's talk about planning as a finalist first, and then we'll talk about planning as a queen, so look at how many months you have towards your final and think about what you can do what uh, local events are there that you can attend what pageant finals can you attend to watch um what campaigns can you join in of course campaigns pop up every time but of course looking at um <clears throat> looking at uh, the awareness days and thinking okay so this one i'd like to do this for this has a weak theme like a week's theme, not a week theme, <laughs> so I'm going to do something around that, um, look at what applies to you, to your beliefs, we'll talk about your platform in a minute, but of course your platform would be related in that, write down if you want to do any fundraising, and look at what is doable, because if you only have three months to do fundraising, you're going to do small fundraisers that will, you know, get in some money for your charity, However, if you have six months, you have some time to prepare and to plan and, you know, to to get a good fundraiser in. And it depends on how big you want to go. Are we doing uh, cake sales? Are we doing coffee afternoons? Are we doing disco events? Are we doing balls? Like, what are you planning to do? How are you going to achieve it? What are the backup plans so you don't lose money? Because, of course, if it's going to a charity, you want to make sure that you get as much charity funds as possible. So, for example, here at Parks and Rhinestones, we have our free fundraising events already booked in and planned. Of course, one of them was <laughs> one we meant to do last year, but got cancelled twice because of the ever-changing COVID restrictions. But you know, we've got it in October now, so let's hope that is, of course, we have Pageant Con this month in May, um, super, super exciting, of course, um, <laughs> and that's the fundraising for mine, so that's the 22nd, 23rd of May, so of course, you can still grab your tickets, we've been making announcements, um, lots of exciting things, um, as well as that, we have October, we have our big confidence event, which is on World Mental Health Day, so we'll be fundraising for that, for mind. And then we have, in December, our Christmas party, which is going to be like a Christmas training session, um, like a group Christmas training session. And just a chance to, like, catch up and just enjoy, just enjoy Christmas. Um, and also what's really lucky in Swindon is that we're actually close to the Swindon outlet as well. So if you want to do Christmas shopping afterwards, <laughs> there's options for 
Um, <laughs> but yes, so we already have ours planned out and that's what you should be doing, thinking, okay, look at these things. Do you want to plan something for Easter or plan something for Halloween? Um, what are you looking at? Like, what are you planning to look at? So think of what you can write in there, how you can achieve it. Um, when you're writing these plans, of course, a diary is very good, like a planner, um, a little book that you have. I always like, I've actually just ordered a new fresh book for <laughs> all my social media planning. I do have my own diary that I use and I created um, and you can plan stuff in there. But if you're going to do like math planning, it's nice just to have a nice book, isn't it? Um, it's great to have like the year and stuff. But sometimes I like a separate book because then I can have that separate book out with my planner um, and write everything in as well. So all the messy ideas are in there. I think is nice central in this one book so when I go to schedule I go to create my campaigns I look at what I need to take pictures of for this week if I've got makeup on um I know that that is the one I'll be looking at um okay so <laughs> you have your plan now let's talk about your platform so there's always a saying not always the same but there's a saying that you know you don't choose your platform your platform chooses you you know your passion like you have to be passionate about your platform you have to know like you shouldn't be changing your platform every single year unless of course you don't have a cause as such and you're just fundraising for a different charity every year that's absolutely fine um because then when you translate that into your interview you could say I care about so many causes that you know every year I have a charity of the year and I change each year so last year I fundraised for breast cancer awareness the year before I fundraised for um, the Alzheimer's Society and the year before that I fundraised for Mind UK and this year I'll be you know fundraising for water aid like there's so many different like dates and stuff that you can dates charities and stuff that you can do um but I love having a platform because, as I said, it gives you content in your interview. It gives you something to talk about. If you've done no appearances, you've not had time, your platform is where you can shine. It's showing that passion in your interview as well. If you're talking about your platform but there's not much passion there, the judges will see that. So they want to see the passion. We talk about the four Ps. So the four Ps are preparation, planning, and there is passion, and then, of course, personality the four p's of pageantry and when you talk actually about there's so many p's in pageantry um but with this the judges want to know you have a plan the judges want to know you're prepared of course planning and planning and preparation can go into the same thing but the preparation is the work you're putting into it the plan is the plan of action you know what plan of action do you have passion you need to have passion when you're talking about not only your platform but passion about what you want to achieve as a queen passion for that system that you're entering you know do you really want to be the queen of this system or is it just a win that you want to do that's the passion that will come across when you're talking about this system and pageantry as such passion for pageantry and then of course personality you can't forget your personality in an interview they don't want a bland boring queen they want someone who is going to show them the real you so the real you might be subdued you know that's absolutely fine better for you to be subdued and you know softly spoken all this stuff in your interview rather than 
be overly loud, overly confident when that's not you at all and it shows that it's an act. And of course, there are queens that are like that and sometimes might need to tone it down a little bit in the interview, but we say tone it down, not take it out. Um, <laughs> you have to be stick to your true self. Um, so when thinking about your platform, of course, think about the causes that are close to your heart. You can have two platforms and also a massive thing. Your platform is not the name of the charity you fundraise for um, or the charity you support. Those are two different things. You can support a totally different charity to your platform. That is absolutely fine. Um, and just because you have a platform, it doesn't mean that you're set in just raising awareness and raising money for that cause. There are so many other causes out there. There are so many things that you can use your voice and raise your voice and be that spokesperson for. So an example for me, uh, for pageantry, I my platform is mental health. I do a lot of work for mental health, not just fundraising. Um, but I have the podcast that I need to uh, <laughs> start interviewing again. Uh, the throes of mental health is always fun. Um, as well as that, you know, education on my page, lots of things like that. Past times I've been ambassadors, uh, time champions, like time to change uh, champions. But I'm also a patron of the Bunny Bear Club, which is a, um, a charity that used to help just autistic children, but now hosts uh club events for children on all different spectrums um different disabilities and really helps children with life-threatening conditions um with lots of different things so i'm patron for them i'm also a project code red ambassador um so that is of course working with homelessness uh female like poverty like period poverty um so that's another thing as well and i also do a lot of collections for the women's refuge so those are stark contrasts, like differences of awarenesses and charity. So it doesn't mean I have to stop doing something just because I have a platform. It just means that the platform is something that I'm more likely to push during my year of reign, um, my years of pageantry. It gives me something to talk about. It's there, it's done. And yeah, you can still have more than one cause you want to fight about and talk about. Sometimes also, when it comes to personal issues, sometimes it's just too personal. So for example, some things can be triggering to you, remembering things that you went through, past experiences that you might not feel comfortable talking about yet. And that's absolutely fine. Pick a cause that you're passionate about, but it's not going to set you off on an emotional spiral because we don't need that. You don't need that on your um, pageant final. You're, you're there being the strongest queen that you can be. And then it can set you back emotionally. And you want to be like 100% ready for the stage there. That is you ready. Um, <clears throat> so platform. You can choose any platform as long as you have passion for this platform. Okay? You need to be passionate about this platform. Um, so... With that, let's get on to planning your Queen's project. So you have the preparation, so your master plan, you have all the pageants you want to compete and a time frame of when you want to compete them. You have events and appearances and campaigns that you would like to achieve during your finalist year. Now you've won, 
let's talk about your Queen's Project. So your Queen's Project and your Legacy Project can be combined, um, but usually, usually your Legacy Project is something you want to achieve, it's something you want to achieve, like, after pageantry's finished, it's what you want to be remembered for, for pageantry. And um, <clears throat> so looking at your Queen's Project, look at what is achievable, how is the crown going to enhance that? And this is how you can, of course, then talk about it in your interview. You know, this is the plans I have. This is how the crown is going to enhance that. Think of it as you have a whole year, a whole year of that crown. So don't think you have to do every single thing crammed in. You want to enjoy that year. You want to enjoy it. It, you know, a crowning year is a very special year, regardless of whatever system it has. You won, your name was called, you won that time, you won that title. It's now up to you to make what you want to make of it. Um, of course, there are some people that do sit by and do nothing and will have the crown. There are reasons for it sometimes, it's just they wanted the crown. <laughs> but this is your queen journey, this is your queen project. So what do you really want to achieve? Do you need people on board? Do you need help? Is this a solo mission or do you need an army behind you? What can you do with this? Now remember you will also have the support and you also have the support of um all of your like friends and queens and finalists. Um but of course when you're a queen you have that extra support as from the directors and other queens and of course the finalists that are looking to fill your footsteps so use this to your advantage and you know launch that project that you want to do if it's a product if it's a plan if it's a non-for-profit um idea do it of course it's great to get feedback so if you are working with a coach talk with your coach see if it's possible see what little tweaks if you're looking for inspiration, sometimes it's great just to speak to someone else. I've had many times where I've been talking with my clients and they're like, I want to do this idea, but I'm not really sure how. I want to do something around this. I'm like, okay, let's think. And then I'll give some ideas. I'm like, oh my God, that's great. We could do this. I'm like, yeah, and you can do this. I'm like, oh my goodness. And it just needs that someone to take that little spark and go, bam, set it into a fire inside your mind. You know, whether it is your coach or whether it's just another pageant girl you're talking about um, to, um, one you trust. Because, of course, we don't want to say it, but, of course, there will be people that will take the idea and use it as their own. Depending on your time frame, if they've done it first, you don't want to feel like you're copying them, even though that's an idea you had together. There are other downsides of that. Um, but you want to make sure that whoever you're brainstorming with, whoever you're, you know, like... You want to make sure that you are 100% happy with the ideas you're creating, the ideas you're given. Of course, if you have a coach, they're not going to give those ideas away. That's you. They want you to thrive. They want you to succeed. They're going to be happy and help you any way they can, whether it's, you know, help you with the planning, um, social media logos and stuff like that. We are there for it. Then think of how you can improve this with a legacy project so a lot of people's legacy projects may be the form of a podcast a blog series a magazine a non-for-profit something that will continue to happen each year whether it's your yearly collection or something that is your legacy project um 
if you've done stuff as a finalist that you want to continue and do it annually, that can be something that you have in your interview. You want to make sure this is bigger and better. So 20 people joined in this collection. You want 40 people to join in this collection. There's so many things that you can do and they could be a uni collection or there could be a one-off. Um, I know that in June I'm going to be launching something that's just going to be a one-off as a celebration. Um, but in my collections I have my Women's Refuge book collection that I do every year and we've done that twice now. So it started off as a one-off and I was like, okay, I'm going to redo that again. Then, of course, we have the Project Code Red collections that we do yearly, and it will be its seventh year this year. Um, so really happy with that. <laughs> and that will carry on um, because we've proven, as pageant girls, we've proven that we can do these collections and we can do these challenges through a pandemic, and they work. And sometimes it's the most simplest idea that can make the biggest impact. So... Don't feel like you have to be jumping out of the sky. You can do that. That's amazing as well. There are lots of girls that are doing that. And I applaud you. But, you know, jumping through fired hoops and, you know, climbing up mountains. You don't have to do all that. If you want to do that, that's great. If you have the stamina, make sure you do the training first. Please do the training first. <laughs> as a personal trainer, don't just climb up a mountain with no, with no actual fitness training. Because that's going to hurt. Um <laughs> that is gonna hurt um but yes no um you, it doesn't have to be fancy it doesn't have to be tricky it has to be true to you so your queen's project has to be true to you your legacy project has to be true to you um and legacy projects can be charity or can just be your reason in pageantry so I already have my legacy project up and running and that's this. Sparkles and Rolling Stones is my legacy project for pageantry because even if I stop competing, I'm always going to be part of pageantry as a has queen. <laughs> but, you know, as a coach, as someone who gives pageant advice, a pageant godmother, as a lot of people have called me, so I'm sticking with that. <laughs> but that is my legacy. My legacy is that. The handbook that I've written, you know, that will be there for years to come of course the handbook might need to be updated in 10 years if pageantry changes all that lot but it is still there it's still you know usable um so let's do a little recap on everything before <laughs> so your pageant master plan think about the pageants you're going to compete in the time frames um Work it in with your ever-changing life. Are you at uni? Pick pageants that aren't going to conflict with your uni schedule because we all know that if you're going to uni, you're not paying all that money to waste it, are you? Let's be honest. Let's be honest. <laughs> she says, as she has a classical history degree she no longer uses. Um, But still, I got a degree. <laughs> I have other qualifications as well, but yes, I have a degree. Um. But, you know, at this point in time, you're putting your passion into that. So pick a, a system that's not going to have too much conflict, that you can do your queen duties without having to worry too much about not doing too much. Um, if you are starting to plan a family, if you're getting married, look at what pageants you can compete in before you're married or look at what pageants you can compete in before having children. And vice versa, if you have children, what pageants you can compete in 
etc etc look at that plan what you're going to do as a finalist plan what events you want to go to if there are yearly events put them in this plan you know every year you want to go to this um we have a of two events here in swindon which all the Wiltshire girls go to um we have the pride event and we always say that the pride um swindon pride is like the birthplace of the Wiltshire beauty queens because that is an appearance you used to do every year together um like, it was the first appearance that four Wiltshire pageant queens, like, all turned up for. <laughs> and that was Ruth, which you now know as um, the IGM director, but former Mrs. Galaxy UK, amongst other titles, she has won. Um, and then Georgia Holmes. Oh, yeah, Georgia Holmes. She was obviously Georgia Delaney back then. So I say, did I get her name right? Yes, I did. <laughs> uh, where, of course, she was young American Mrs. International, but back then she was Miss Galaxy Wiltshire. Um, and then Ella, who no longer competes in pageants, but she was Miss Swindon at the time. Uh, and then there was me. Little old me. And I was England's perfect Miss at that time um, in 2012. And then, yeah, we just... Kept gaining more queens. 2014, we got more queens after um, hosting the Miss Vulture final. Um, and then, yeah, more queens added along. <laughs> uh, but, yes, and then we also had the Swindon Duck Race, which all of us girls go to as well. And it's a shame that, of course, COVID has stopped these events the past couple of years, but things will happen. So some events in your calendar that you might go to with other pageant girls you might find you know your local pageant tribe um in your area um yeah and that makes it a yearly thing have that on your calendar have that in your plan what you're going to do as a finalist fundraising events choose what charities uh, are really close to you choose which ones that you want to make a difference with and remember with charity fundraising it's not how much you raise, okay? We want to celebrate how much you raise because some of you girls raise incredible amounts and we will shout to the rooftops about this. But also, if you've only raised £50, you've still raised £50. If you've raised 20 if you've raised 100 you've still raised money which is going to go to charities and help these causes, whether it goes to research, whether it goes to funding, or even if it goes to just posting out the envelopes of people for donating more, you know, to reach a wider audience, like, or goes to the staff members, is still going towards a worthy cause. So really don't get hung up on that. That's one big thing that really you should not get hung up about at all. So with all of that, what you're going to do in your finest year, then onto your queening year, your queen project, and then your legacy project. Now, remember, your queen's project and your legacy project can be transferable to any different pageants. It's how you suit it and how you change it. Now, with your master plan, you need to put in this master plan, of course, of are you going to get coaching? What areas of coaching are you going to get? Are you going to get social media coaching? Are you going to get walking, interview, mindset, personal training, like exercise training? Um what sort of training are you going to get there are trainers that do all of that there are trainers that provide some of that that's absolutely fine work with what works for you whether it is virtual training and i will preach so so much about virtual training because it just works so well in an ever-changing world ever busy you have an hour in the evening that you can fit in training and you don't have to travel anywhere and you can sit in your pjs if you want to 
amount of times I turn on the video chat and it's like, oh, don't worry about me, my hair's a mess. Um, or I'm in my PJs, I'm like, girl, it's okay. Like, I put on the letter beforehand, on the email beforehand. It doesn't matter what you look like as long as you're ready to learn. <laughs> um, but they do, virtual, if you prefer and you learn better face-to-face, there are lots of coaches that do coaching days. Like, for ourselves, we stay in Swindon for now, for 2021. Um, <clears throat> just because we have a really good venue, it's great space. And of course, then we get to still fundraise for Mind UK. Um, and there are coaches that will have like their main base of training, um, but they do travel around the country. So look at what's closest to you. But also, as we stated before, don't just pick a coach just because they're the closest one. Like there could be coaches anywhere. Like you have to bond with them. You have to like them as well. <laughs> I always say you have to like them. Like sometimes people do not like their personal trainers, but they like them afterwards. You don't like it in this session, but after the session, when you see results, you're like, oh, you know, you're not that bad actually. <laughs> oh, throw back to those times. Um, but yes, in your plan, plan. Are you going to have coaching? And if you say no, and then you compete in your first pageant and you're out of your depth, then that's when you would book a coach because you think, wow, actually, I do need a little bit of help. You know. And remember, it's we're helping you. We are helping you develop yourself and develop your skills. We're not trying to claim you or own you or anything like that. Um, every achievement is yours. I will always push that narrative. Every achievement is yours. Um, <laughs> so apart from that, I might just be, you know, what areas you need to work on, what feedback, always get your feedback on these pageants. And go back to your book. So create like a book with like, you know, your pageant master plan. That's just like your Bible for the whole time you're competing. It's always good to reflect as well. A few years into your pageant thing, look at this book and go, wow, I've achieved so much in this. Right into it. That actually be a good product to make. Um, but I'm not making any more products. <laughs> I have an idea now. Whoever's listening, if you still my idea, I'm not going to be happy. Maybe. <laughs> but it'd be good. If you had your own little book, you could make your own little cute book. I put a photo on the front and it's like, this is your master plan. And if you are, of course, halfway into your pageant journey, do it. Like, write down all the pageants you competed in, how you felt at each final. Um, <clears throat> yeah, how you felt at each final. Um did you need help with this? Do you have the feedback there? You can put photos in if you want. Um, look at me having all these ideas on a podcast. Of course I did. Um, <laughs> photos in there. You can look back at your past mistakes of fashion wear and evening wear. Girls, if you've been competing for a while, you know what I'm talking about. Um, and then, of course, plans of what you want to do in the future, what pageants you want to do, where you're going to work on, what you want to achieve. You know, because when we say, like, where do you see yourself in five years' time? This is where your book is going to help you. Um, yeah, so whether I do actually create this project, if you are listening to this podcast and you think this is something you would like to have, please message me and say yes. <laughs> because I think it would be something good. Um, just a plain, yeah, I've, I've got ideas to it. But it's good for pageants it's good for you to reflect and if you have this master plan we're not going to say that you're going to achieve everything from this master plan because plans do change life changes um but it's good to reflect on how far you've come what it's taken 
um, <clears throat> how long it's taken you and yeah, just to, to get into that pageant mindset. When you feel like you're losing your way, look back at this and go, okay, I'm still on track. And remember, it might take you a long time to get these crowns. So for me, my international crown took nine years. Um, nine years to get my international crown. For others, it could be as simple as two years. But nine years for me, it took... Um, and I'm forever proud of that journey that I took. Um, for some, it's quicker. For others, it's longer. But for you, it's the waiting game. How long can you wait? How long can you wait until this? Different circumstances, different years, different things. So yes, <clears throat> reflection is so important. Having that master plan is just, it's so good for you to have all of this stuff in there. So I hope you have enjoyed this podcast. Let me know if you have any thoughts, of course, especially about the the master plan book. Um, we all love that. I think that should be a hardback book. Yeah, I think that should. I have to look in that. If anyone wants to collab on that, let me know. <laughs> um, but of course. Last old plug, we do have pageant con tickets for sale. They are £5 and they'll be fundraising for Mind UK. It's a two-day event that will be hosted from all different experts here in the UK. We have makeup, we have um, platforms, social media, planning, preparation, interviews, stage, confidence. We'll be discussing topics. So, for example, myself and Gianne, the director of Young European International Miss uh, Pageant, we will be discussing what the director is looking for. And this is your chance to ask questions, to join in the debate. We'll be talking about using our voice in pageantry, discussing diversity, um, all different options as well. And I'm excited to release the rest of these. But for now, thank you so much for listening to this really long podcast. I hope you have an amazing May. We are one step closer to getting <laughs> those pageant heels on. Not me, because I won't be wearing heels for a few months yet, but you girls will. <laughs> it's a metaphor, getting back into pageantry and getting back up on stage. Who's excited? I'm very excited. But for now, thank you so much for listening. Follow our socials if you want to find out more. The handbook is available, pageant con. Da, 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 da. Thank you so much. <laughs>